This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because those don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The Guardian Leviosa. From now on, you do as I do. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Caring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk about intersectional and inclusive feminism in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Moni and with me today is my lovely, glorious, amazing in a gray sweatshirt and with a really nice new backdrop which you on the podcast unfortunately cannot see co-host amanda hi amanda how are you doing hi money i'm doing very well thank you um with your factually incorrect statement why is it factually incorrect i'm wearing a t-shirt not a sweatshirt oh that's just me and language not doing well together <laughs> factually incorrect <laughs> how are you doing sorry i'm doing well I'm doing particularly well because, once again, we're not alone. <laughs> we are not. I mean, we're never really alone, but today we are, like, actually not alone. <laughs> Money getting philosophical with us today. Maybe there was just a pre-chat that made me very philosophical. Okay. But we have another amazing guest on. Hi, Jay. Is this Jay in the room with us now? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> is this a joke to some reference that I just don't understand? I guess I I don't know what the what the, what it's in reference to. I just copy it because people people say it to me. <laughs> it's really <laughs> yeah. I I assume it's something to do with with like seances or speaking to like the other side. Be like, oh, is there someone in the room with us today? Yeah, I I think it's that there's a meme, but. I don't know if I don't know anything. Hello, I'm Jay. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We love guests who don't know anything. <laughs> I really want to know more about the thing that we don't know anything about now, though, to be honest. It must be from a movie because why is it otherwise just from Jay? I didn't know it was a meme. Oh, never mind then. Oh, Everything wow. Is a meme. Everything with is a with the meme shade. <laughs> <laughs> Debs in chat just said Jay will fit right in with guests that don't know anything. I'm wow. not sure. I, I, I'm not sure which of us should be more insulted by that. I know. <laughs> I think we're all equally insulted. We're all implicated not, in that. Yes. I'm not so easily insulted, so I'm just fine and rolling, rolling with it. It's a good way to be. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You want to take us away, money? Okay, so, Jay, we all, like, people who are in our Twitch chat, they all kind of know Jay, and if you don't know Jay, what the fuck's wrong with you? Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, there comes the German, we um, invited Jay on because not only we want to talk about uh, with them about their streaming journey, but also about their work and things, because Jay has a very great work. Uh, which you I can do. please <laughs> tell us a bit more about when you tell us who you are and what you do. 
Should I do that now? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that Excellent. wasn't the great one. Please. <laughs> That's okay. This is um, actually why I normally lead the interviews. Yeah. I'm so bad at it's this. It's fine. It's so good. Um, <laughs> hello. Yeah, my name's Jay. Uh, a lot of you probably know me as Aranus TV. Um, I've been streaming on Twitch for three years almost now. Um, I started up during the pandemic. Uh, I play things until I don't want to play them anymore. Um, it's probably the best way <laughs> I can put it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a queer and neurodiverse uh, challenge creator slash variety streamer slash um, I have ADHD and I do what it tells me um, <laughs> when it comes to content. Uh, but also, yeah, I, um, since September last year, I've worked for Warchild UK, um, which is a international development charity uh, based in the UK um, that support uh, kids who are um, whose lives have been impacted by war and conflict. Um, so... Uh, I work in the uh, gaming partnerships team. Um, so we do a lot of work with the video game industry, fundraising, um, and a lot of streaming campaigns as well. Um, and lots of other fun things too. So that, that that's me. That's so cool. We're very, very glad Thank to you. have you here. And Thank um, you. to get to know you a bit better and also to hear about your work with Warchild because that's pretty amazing. Thank you. Um, but before we do that, can we go into our rapid fire round and fire a bunch of questions at you? Absolutely. Go for it. Excellent. So where are you from? Uh, I'm from a small town called Nuneaton in uh, the Midlands of uh, the UK, um, which is the birthplace of George Eliot and Sadness. <laughs> George Eliot and Sadness. <laughs> Did you say oh. Sadness? Yes. Aww. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that you know where that is, Tom. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Aww. Um, and what are your pronouns? Uh, I use he, him, or they, them. Uh, either is fine. Thank you. And when are you a geek since? So a year and maybe a story of your first geeky experience? Um, Probably just birth. Like, <laughs> um, I, like, the one consistent memory I have in my life is playing games. Like, my earliest memories are sometime a long time ago. I couldn't say when or how old I was, but my dad playing, like, Sonic on the Sega Mega Drive and me watching... Um, and then my first memory of me playing games was getting a Game Boy Color for Christmas um, and getting Pokemon Red and Blue. Um, so I think that might have been like 1996. Uh, so a long time. Many years. Nice. Many years. It says, it says 1996 as if it's so long ago. Uh, it, 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 was, uh, it was 27 years ago, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. Stop that. <laughs> Literally the other day I was like I just had to do math and I'm like oh my god it was 27 years ago (laughs) (laughs) the other day I was somebody was talking about how long people have been because I was watching that's totally unrelated but I was watching Welcome to Wrexham and I was like they are in this league for 15 years and in my head I'm like wow since somewhere in the 90s and then I realized that 15 years is not remotely somewhere in the 90s and it just really hurt my heart so hard I still find it upsetting that anyone born after the year 2000 is over 18. Like, that is just something that does not compute in my head. Uh-huh. Like, at all. My nephew can legally drink everywhere now. Yeah. It's also very upsetting. It's like, I've seen a meme going around. Um, oh, how did you, like, when you're getting ID'd or your ID checked, and you're like, oh, how did you lo- look at that so fast? And you're like, oh, I saw the 19 in your birth year. And it's like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. cannot remember the last time I was ID'd. 
Well, I can, but it wasn't because of an age-related thing. It was because of a... I needed to show the pharmacy proof of address thing. That's fair. I got ID'd buying alcohol when I was home in Canada last year. I was oh, like, I love that for you, thank though. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of at the point now where I feel flattered if someone ID'd me. <laughs> I just always think it's funny. Like I used to, like two or three years ago, they did me because I had to buy cigarettes for a friend of mine, and then they did me, and I was way over thirty by that time. <laughs> so I'm just always having a grand old time showing them my ID that they don't even think I'm what sixteen. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um. So. What are some of your biggest geeky influences? So you can think like books, movies, TV shows, teachers, games, anything else? Uh, I I was just like born and thrust into the world of Nintendo quite quickly. Um, so a lot of my like video game interests, like from like the age of three years old, were like playing Pokemon, playing Smash Bros, um, playing Zelda. So like Pokemon and Zelda are a huge, um, have been like very formative and in. in like the kinds of things that I enjoy doing um, just in general. Like I think I can split it down into like fantasy and camp horror. So, <laughs> camp horror. so yeah. So I, it, it's this really weird intersection I find of like resident evil, but the films. So it's like Mila Jovovich. It's all like kind of Quentin Tarantino esque and it's all trying to be like all epic and edgy, but it's just really bad and funny. Um <laughs> And, and I, su I suppose the the one thing and like the one franchise that I really really love now um, is Bayonetta. Like mm, Bayonetta yeah. is just fantastic um, and a really good and very strange example of the intersection of like where my interests are. <laughs> I have I um, them, the Bayonetta games because I really want to play them and I haven't done it yet, but I should. The first one is very hard, but you have to stick with it. Um, but two and three are a lot, a lot more approachable um, and just as good. Uh, it's, yeah, I could, I could probably and probably should write a video essay on Bayonetta three and why it is like the, in my opinion, like the peak of like action video games from the last twenty years. That's the um, latest one, now, though, right? That just yeah, came out one, recently. What came out? It came out in mm. October of last year, and it's just yeah. one of those games that it kind of gives you a lot of things that you expect and then every time you think you figured out what the game wants to give you or you think you've seen everything it can throw at you it throws a complete curveball at you uh, and it just every second you think it cannot possibly get more ridiculous and it literally just never stops getting more ridiculous <laughs> like all the way through it's amazing it's it's ridiculous it's so good I would really like to watch that video essay, so please do that. <laughs> in um, this essay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can include that um, in your current geeky pastimes, or, or tell us what your other ones are. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I play a lot of video games, um, but outside of that, uh, a lot of Magic the Gathering recently. Um, so I, me and my partner have been playing Magic together for quite a few years. Um, he got me into it uh, back in 2018, 2019. Um, and I've had like a love-hate relationship with it over the years because um, it's like a collectible card game. It's it's an expensive hobby. And also sometimes I don't like how the stuff plays or I just like I'm not interested in that world or whatever because it's all it's a card game. But it also has a very like deep story. And like each set is based on like a different like multiverse plane. So they have their own feel and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the set they've released most recently is basically the magic equivalent of like 
Infinity War. <laughs> Ooh. Um, in that they've they've brought together like all of these characters from all of these different like universes, um, all to bring them uh, together to fight against this big baddie that's simultaneously invaded the entire multiverse at the same time. Um, and with the, and the story around it was all very cool, um, and it brought in a lot of lore from like forty th or thirty years ago. So it really Ooh. like gripped me. Um, and it's actually a really fun set to play as well. So that it, it, like, I'm still going back to it. Um, and then nice. I'm a big board game geek as well. Um, we have a lot of me, like me and, me and Ben have quite a big board game selection. Um, we had friends around to play uh, board games yesterday. We played the Stardew Valley board game, um, yes. which is very fun. Um, yeah. And then also I live on Twitch. Like this is my life. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not streaming, I'm in someone's chat. <laughs> I mean, is that a mood? <sighs> mm. I, I, I want to spend more time on Twitch. I do not spend very much time. <laughs> now that I also, like, speak to creators for my work, um, it really has just become, like, my whole life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, like, it's work and it's, and it's enjoyment and it's streaming. So it's, yeah. I kind of love when, like, your, your everything is the same thing. Because then, like, nothing feels like work. Very true. I mean, work I mean, still feels yes like work. I mean, yes and no, but... I guess. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, w I already have so many questions, <laughs> but I'm not sure oh. if I should ask them already. Okay, well, let's let's get into it. Ernest, yeah. Jay, thank you so much for going through the rapid fire round. Um, it was quicker than it has been, so... Yay, yay, you, you got like a gold star. You said rapid. I came, I came to rapid. <laughs> it was good. It was good. <laughs> um, so today we are talking about um, you and Charity Games Partnerships, Warchild UK, um, your content creation and everything around that. So um, yeah, do you want to get us started, I guess, um, with some of your experience streaming and working for Warchild UK? Yeah, um, so I, I, like I said, I said uh, word, words are hard. Like I said earlier, um, I started streaming in 2020. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Twitch uh, pandemic baby, um, like a lot of people. <laughs> as um, we all and, are, I think. Yeah, yeah, as we all are, I think, <laughs> at this point. Um, and yeah, I started doing it because I had a lot of friends in different friend groups um, who were kind of locked down on their own um, and didn't really have any friends or family nearby. So I was like, oh, I can kind of use this to get people that don't know each other together um and like do some kind of social thing across all of them so that they don't feel so alone um and yeah i did one stream um for an hour of ori in the blind forest and i was too scared to say anything <laughs> oh um, bless uh, you like no no camera how did mic, you do everyone... that with ori <laughs> yeah um i just screamed with no microphone on um is what happened <laughs> Um, <laughs> sad we missed that to be honest uh, yeah and then from there it just very much became a something that I fell in love with and I was like right what do I want to use this space for um and at the time I didn't have a lot of like queer friends um so I wanted it to be kind of me being visibly queer um and kind of unapologetically like making that space for people to to do the same um and in, while I was doing it um, especially in the first couple of years I did some really amazing like charity fundraising work with people like Hannah Rutherford um I did a massive Pride Month uh, fundraiser in August of 2021 um, across four different charities. Um, and yeah, I got to around September, well, it was kind of like June 2021, and I realized that 
my work needed to be something that I cared about as much as streaming and my charity fundraising. Um, so I, at the time, I was working quite a high-pressure job in pharmaceuticals. Um, during the pandemic, there was no furlough for me. I worked in, like, production for pharmaceuticals, so it was, it was like... It got worse from day, from day one. It was like high stress, like work. I was working like 50, 60 hour weeks. Oh gosh. Um, and I just got to a point where I was like, I hate this. Um, I'm good at it, but I hate it. And I don't want to do it anymore. So I just quit. Um, and I explored being a full-time creator for an, almost a year, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, and I was like this close to being able to like afford to do it. Um, and then cost of living started going up. Um, so I was like reassessing where I was at. And I was like, okay. Well, the two things that I've learned from this over the last few years are that I love the games industry and I love charity. Like I love like humanitarian work. Um, and I realized that I, I needed to do something that I love, um, but it was also very important to me to do something that like, aligned with my values. Because um, I've always wanted to be someone who puts more good into the world than bad. Um, and so, yeah, I just started speaking to people that I knew um within the charity sector so um you'll all know the charity special effect the uh mm -hmm. the um like dis disabled gamers charity um their community management uh, manager um page is incredible um and i said hello i want a job in charity games please uh, <laughs> and she was like we don't have any but let's get you let's get you meeting people so she introduced me to loads of great people which eventually led me to see the job the games partnership exec job posted on Warchild's website um, and Warchild was an organization that I knew about in advance. Um, I'd fundraised for them as a streamer um, well, during, the, during the invasion of Ukraine um, because I think like a lot of people, I just wanted to do something like straight away. I, like, I, mm -hmm. I felt like a need to respond in whatever way I could. Um, and also really strangely, um, one of my old housemates from uni um, worked at Warchild for five years and I knew that she worked there um so i i kind of already knew what the organization was and what they did um so yeah um we we ended up not crossing over because she left just as i started um Aww. but it was still uh it was still like kind of nice to to know a bit about war Childs. um yeah so i applied i interviewed uh, and i got the job um and it's just been yeah like i've been there for nine months now um eight months uh, and it's been incredible um like it's such an unbelievable organization like the work that warchild does is so important because there are so few people doing what warchild do um just in terms of i don't know any other charities whose sole focus is like looking after kids who are victims of conflict mm. or being um, affected by conflict and i know it's a little bit kind of white saviory or like a little bit hypocritical to almost only care about that now that it's happened in Europe um, mm. or not not only care but like to feel like compelled to do something about it um, but um, obviously Warchild supports Ukraine but also they work in Afghanistan in Yemen um, the uh, Dem Democratic um, Republic of Congo uh, and Central African Republic um, so there's a lot of work um, in a lot of places and yeah it's just unbelievable like how driven everyone is by the the mission and what we do um and how resilient everyone is especially people who work in the programs team um because they have to like see some quite some mm -hmm. quite harrowing things and and people you know people go out and they interview 
um, like kids and uh, like parents of kids who have been influenced, like whose lives have been influenced by by war and conflict. And it's like it can be quite emotionally draining, um, but it really makes it feel like what I do is very important. Um, mm. And I, I finished work every, like I this is the first job I've had where I can say, like, I love my job. And, and like I finished work every day and I don't feel like exhausted in the way that I used to when I was working in corporate. I, I feel like I've even if I've just made like one step towards what I'm working towards, um, I feel like I've, I've I've done another step towards something really good. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a whistle stop tour, I guess. Um, of yeah, sort of like streaming, and then I should probably throw in. Uh, I'm a member of Cosmic Hearts as well, um, which is a, uh, a a content creation team, Twitch team, uh, which is focused on um, fundraising um, for various organisations. Um, so yeah, that's that. <laughs> it's your whole life is fundraising. Yeah, that. it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, um, I know that we said this before, but congratulations on getting um, a job in the charity sector, Thank doing you. something that you love, because. I mean, there's no greater thing than than really following what your heart wants to yeah. do. Yeah, and I'm aware of how I'm aware of how rare it is as well to for, to like be in a role that like aligns so well with how you personally feel, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, makes you feel like you're you're getting a, like a lot of satisfaction out of it because it's like the the compass points are like pointing in the same direction. Mm. I love that for you. Um, you mentioned that you. At the end of the day, you just you come home and you love. You're just like that was a great day. What do your days look like? What, what does your job entail? Um, so it's very changeable. <laughs> uh, we're primarily like a, a project team um, slash an, an accounts team. So we um, we like Warchild, like the gaming team, has a long-standing relationship with Sports Interactive, um, who are part of Sega, um, and they publish uh, Football Manager. Um, so uh, we get support from them every year. Um, we do a lot of uh, talking to video game studios um, around like fundraising activity um, and a lot of like just meeting and talking to people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we get a lot of people who are very yeah excited to kind of engage with us. Um, and it's very much just figuring out how we can do something together um, to kind of, yeah, like raise funds and um like raise awareness about our mission as well um so i like yeah like i say a lot of talking um a lot of admin (laughs) i do i do do so much admin um and yeah like no two days look the same um it's such a like a a variable environment um and as a person who is neurodiverse in such a way that my brain requires constant novelty in order to do anything um, it's very helpful <laughs> that I don't feel like I'm not grinding away at one thing day after day. It's like I'm juggling a lot of plates and yeah, um, ticking things off as I go. I that's it. That big also because I mean, you're there now for nine months. So that's already a reasonable amount of time to be aware that you're not in the like, it's not the fr- fresh beginning of it. You're already long there long enough to be like, this is what it's what every day day to day looks like now yeah. so you know that it's still very interchangeable and very yeah um interesting for you to to do as, still that's yeah cool. um 
It is great. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about when I first started, it was like, hi, welcome. Uh, it's your first day. Here's loads of work to do. <laughs> um, because I, I've had other jobs where it's been like, yeah, well, you're on your six month probation. So we'll spend like three months training you on how to use the IT equipment and how the system works. And yeah, Warshard was like, right, you're here. We need you. Like, mm. let's go. Mm. Um, in. Which I think is quite indicative of the whole charity sector in general. It's very... There's, the, there's, there's not a lot of time for the like the corporate waffle side. It's the, this is what needs to be done. Go do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. For sure. You said before that you, obviously, a lot of your life revolves around that too. So, But how do you make a difference? And how how easy for you is it to to not feel like you're working all the time? How can you shut down for yourself and like see that this is my me time now and this is my work time now how do you have a good creative work-life balance so to speak even though it depends on, on yeah how much you it's, love the words <laughs> yeah um so that is genuinely something that i've struggled quite a lot with um and it's like it, it's no not at all because of like pressures from work or anything it's all like me mm. um and like you say like when when your work involves doing something that you love it's very easy to not switch off from it yeah um so i what i've had to do actually um is uh i i have my weeks planned out on an excel spreadsheet um Mm -hmm. and like i have the work block um and then like which is the amount like my contracted hours or whatever i always end up working more because everyone does don't they but um (laughs) um but uh yeah so i have that and then i have all the other stuff that i want to get done Mm -hmm. or 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 I, i want to do during the week um that's separate from work um just so like my gym times are planned in and like if i want to play if i want to spend an afternoon or an evening sorry playing games that's in there uh and like board game nights are planned in and dog walks just so that i, I have to be really structured with my time outside of work just to make sure mm-hmm. that when i'm um i'm sat there and like it's it's six o'clock and i i've like finished up doing what i'm i'm doing for work but i'm still like in the twitch chat like i haven't yeah, stepped yeah. away because i work on the same computer that i stream from um and i just have to be like I, if i like I, i'm eating into my own time now yeah. um and i need to step away so i really want to build like a much better like this is my work is over ritual yeah um which is i think even if it's just like arbitrarily shutting down my computer walking away to get a drink and then coming back into the room and turning it back on or something yeah um yeah anything and, that gives that distinction for for your brain yeah um and it's also really important just from my kind of ADHD experience as well um because uh my brain will go forever on something that it enjoys doing mm-hmm. um and it's really easy for me to burn myself out yeah. um because i just i i'm not super conscious of the amount of energy that i'm spending on things mm. um until i've spent too much <laughs> basically um yeah. so yeah just a lot of managing my own time Mm. i mean it's also i think it's also so much more difficult now especially after covid because so many more Mm. people work from home as well so especially that distinguisher is gone now right like for a lot of people and i think we underestimate how much impact that also has on your ability to distinguish work from joy even though it's like so closely related um yeah. And it's so easy I, I, to just keep going, right? It's, it's so it is. simple to... And I had to be really real with myself about like what I wanted from content creation um, and what I, what I wanted, but also like what I'm currently capable of 
doing. Mm. Um, I think that's the one thing that I've ignored for the last three years is like, mm. sure, I have all of these like massive dreams about becoming a a Twitch partner and like putting out content every day on like TikTok and and like Instagram reels and stuff. And like, I want to do like newsletters and, and, and all of these amazing things. But I'm like, right, I work a full-time job. Uh, we've just got a puppy. And I also want to go to the gym three times a week. Uh, what can I, so so now that those things are things that can't move in my life, what something needs to give. Something needs to give. Mm. Um, and I, I was a little bit sad because recently I've cut down to two streams a week, which I've been doing three streams a week since I started. Um, so that felt like a really, in a sense, it felt like a little bit of a step back. Mm. Um, but I've had to really um, get used to the phrase of not now. And I think like not now is a really powerful like phrase because mm. I'm not saying I'm not giving up on like putting in the effort to become a Twitch partner. I'm not giving up on these ideas of um, like making more content for the platforms. Mm. I'm just saying right now I can't do it um, because I want to focus on my career and my home life and my like physical existence mm. <laughs> and my health. So I have to scale back a little bit. Um, I also blame COVID for that. Um, mm. but, well, I blame COVID for the fact that a lot of people thought that it's so easy to get be super successful on Twitch because mm. obviously so many more people were on the platform for uh, like years, right? And now with everybody going back to work, I feel like you, if everybody noticed the drop of, like, of viewers, of followers, of everything, because we're just falling back into the pre-pandemic situation now and i think mm. a lot of people took that updrift during the pandemic and like got all these things super quickly like mm. I, they got partner even though they just started to stream like a couple of months before and stuff so it's so easy to also feel like you're not as successful as they are but there are so many other streamers who have been streaming on twitch for years and years and years and years before there was even remotely anything close to to them making partners so i think it's always really important to focus on why you even started doing it and as you said you wanted to create the community where a lot of queer folks can meet each other and that was your initial drive for it and that's still valid even if if you have like keep have i don't know 15 20 30 people in chat or whatever depending on how many viewers any everybody has so mm. that's still just as valid and it isn't less valid if you have less viewers uh compared to like a hundred of them or whatever like i feel it's just so important to remember why you start doing it and that you enjoy the act of doing it then yeah. focusing on everything else around it like oh my god i don't have i haven't grown my channel in the time that i thought i would or i haven't reached partner yet because of whatever there's so many people who sit there with one viewer and they lose their shit when they get like five or something and celebrate it but we are like because we're in this community where there's so many people who started streaming and then i have a certain amount of viewers so soon it's just so easy to, to think like, oh, I'm not doing so well and everything is shit. But your reason is a different one why yeah. you started out doing it in the first place as well. Yeah. And I that's definitely like an experience that I've had um, mm. of like, I not like exploded, but like I grew quite quickly um, mm. when I started and then have just kind of stayed there. Mm. Um, with like ups and downs over the over the time for the last like, I'd say it's probably the last like year has been just kind of like the same kind of like statistically i guess mm -hmm. um 
and I had to, yeah, it, 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 it had to remind myself a lot recently of like, why am I doing this? Um, and also ha when I realized that I started doing it because I love Twitch. Like mm -hmm. I've been a viewer on Twitch since like 2014. Um, mm -hmm. I love the space. I've made so many friends on it. Um, and I just kind of, what like I started because I wanted to take up space. I didn't say I wanted the space to be X size. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've really stripped back a lot of the pressure that I put on myself. Cause we're the only people that put pressure on ourselves yeah. as creator. Like it's only us, no one else does. <laughs> um and yeah so I, I stripped a lot of that back just to say you know well this is what i like playing and this is the content that i like making and this is the content that i like watching so i'm gonna make that like i'm mm -hmm. gonna do that i'm gonna play yep. those games i'm not gonna commit to endless um like full playthroughs of games i'm just gonna do what i want and i'm gonna yep. enjoy it and it's gonna be a better experience for everyone because i'm enjoying it yeah um and it's taken me a very long time to get there um, with a lot of work on myself um, <laughs> but it, it really is important to love it because this is it takes too long this like twitch is t too much yeah. time to not like it <laughs> like it's also it, too fickle too right yeah. like there are people here who do it full time they still struggle with like mm. if their income or whatever like there's so many things that are impacted by all of this and if you it's just yeah yeah it is it is difficult you have to you have to just find what makes you happy with it because if you're chasing chasing the partnership and chasing the numbers yeah. and chasing um like a career there's so little of that that you have control over yeah. like almost none of it, yeah. it, it you can't control so it's yeah be nice to yourself people <laughs> content's hard <laughs> and it's draining it's but when you like it it's rewarding really rewarding yeah. and you can yeah. do a lot of really good things um and yeah your viewership doesn't like say anything about you as a person whatsoever yeah yeah that's so true also um, if you, imagine all those people in one room even if, if it's not a lot of people right even if yeah. it feels like it's not a lot of people but every person is valid right so 15 just... people in a room is yeah. enough for me to have to disappear every half an hour to have five minutes of See? peace. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> like, that is that is a lot of people to, to yeah. be... Uh, like, that. that's like, a, as a socially anxious person, that's an overwhelming number of people in one room. Um, it just so, it feels less when it's a number, doesn't it? Yeah, it really of course. Does. Like, and even you... if you've got, like, five or six people in chat with you, and they're all focused on you, right? And it's mm -hmm. like, that's like DMing around a table, like... Yeah. GMing a game and it's like that's that's not a small number of people to be entertaining. It's it's quite an intense social mm. situation. Yeah. Um, it really is. Um, and yeah Twitch is like it, it, it could often feel like well it does feel like the attention's all on you because it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're having a vocal conversation with people that are texting mm. at you basically. <laughs> exactly. Um, so there's a lot of interpretation and stuff involved it's very, yeah. um, very difficult to learn I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also because there's always so many things going on at the same time. And that's what always pissed me off when people just come into streaming and they're like, you are just playing a video game or whatever. And I'm like, you have no idea what people do behind the scenes for this to, exactly. for, for all this shit to work, right? You have no idea how many times I've threatened my computer. <laughs> <laughs> that, for example. Or right. if you want to really focus on like growing, you can't just show up on Twitch and that's it, right? And no. it's, it's like running your own business and that's really mm -hmm. fucking hard. It, yeah, it's I've had to do 
I've had to do yeah. tax returns. <laughs> well, welcome easy. to the club. It's the worst <laughs> fucking thing to every Tuesday. <laughs> fucking taxes. <laughs> Cheesy says threaten is a late term, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About the computers. We'll just be very clear. Threaten, threaten yeah, yeah, yeah. the computers. <laughs> I've only thrown one thing because of a stream, but it was, I was playing Super Mario Sunshine and just that game, no, no, just mm. no. Um, it's too hard for me, uh, and I'm too old to have the patience for it. So I, 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 I got a game over. I took the cartridge out. I put it in the box. I threw the box across the room. <laughs> I mean, that's a very elaborate path to throw it something is. to me. Yeah, very meditated. <laughs> I am ashamed to say that I still like toss my controller in like frustration. I'm like, these aren't these are expensive. Stop doing this, Amanda. <laughs> I'm glad I never actually did that. My nephew ruined a bunch of his controllers out of anger to, I think, towards FIFA or something. Um, but I've yeah. never broken a controller in my life. I went through quite a few controllers because of uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee back in the day. Aww. Yeah. I was bad at it as well. Like So that makes it even worse. I don't understand why I had the patience as a child. Like When I, when I tried doing the the old things now i'm i'm already over it after five minutes this is shit this is annoying go away but yeah surprising Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so how has um, how do i want to word this how has your experience on twitch helped shape your role with war child um and uh like what benefits does your twitch experience bring to the role i I think it really helps that i understand how much effort goes into charity campaigns on twitch um yeah ben's just walked (laughs) past with the dogs Um, (laughs) yeah uh, so because i've run so many charity campaigns um and i took part in so many other people's I, i i really have an understanding of like how much effort it is for a creator to support a charity it's not just like oh i'll set it up and go like it's hard um so i like knowing what i'm asking um and how to support and how to make it easier um has been a massive boon um and yeah just like because i believe in twitch and content creators so much as a force for good and what they can do i think it really helps me to to cut through a lot of the noise i guess um, and it really helps me to know like what I'm looking for when I'm wanting to work with people. Um, and also just, yeah, like an understanding of the wider context of Twitch and knowing like, is now a good time to do something? Is now not a good time to do something? Um, so it has really helped me. And then, yeah, just like um, having so many friends to like bounce ideas off um, and come to for help as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's... It's I, I it's like I'm I'm doing two different jobs in the same sphere is how it feels because like I have I have the streaming side and then I have the the like the partnerships and the campaign side, um, so it's yeah it's just like I see each side of the coin rather than just one side, um, which I think it's something you can only do if you're a streamer, mm-hmm. um, like it's difficult it's really difficult I think because that like the average person doesn't know how much effort goes into a charity campaign, um, it's difficult to know i completely lost my train of thought but i think you understand <laughs> the point that i'm making mm-hmm. no thank you um and knowing both sides 
So you you said that um, like there's a lot more that goes into raising money as a Twitch streamer than just like showing mm. up and raising money. Um, can you like talk about some of the best things, best tips, tricks, um, guidance for Twitch streamers to, who want to partner with a charity and actually raise like money? Uh, raise raise money for War Child. Um, <laughs> I'm really great. I'll help you. Uh, I'll help you get set up. Um, no, I think uh, don't be afraid to reach out to charities in general um, when you want to fundraise for them, um, and always check Tiltify first because <laughs> um, Tiltify is such an incredible fundraising program, um, and. YouTube is a surprisingly good resource for the technical side of how to set up a charity stream because there will always be an aspect of it that you will forget, like whether it's setting the alerts up properly or um, setting the right page active or actually publishing your page on Tiltify is something that people frequently forget to do. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just like really think about how you're going to be encouraging your community to take part um, as well. Um, is also very very helpful so like what how can you make it fun for them because um, that always does a little bit better than just like having the the bar on screen and saying hey we're fundraising um, so yeah fundraise for war child on tiltify and ask me for advice what are some like of the most creative ways that you've seen streamers pr um, fundraise like, what's been something that's just out there that you were like, oh, that was really freaking cool? I know it's, it, 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 this is like not even super out there. This is actually quite like a, something that you see a lot, but I just love it when people put stickers on themselves. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is about it, um, but I do. Um, and then I don't know if either of you have ever seen Loading Ready Run. Um, they're a Canadian content company. Um, they're enormous. Uh, they're based in, um, uh, bc um and they do like they they have like they run their channel almost like a, uh it's they run it like a tv channel like they have set times for set shows um every year they do a fundraiser called desert bus for hope um and it is a it is an un, uncapped subathon it's kind of capped um because basically every thousand dollars or something like that they add an hour um mm -hmm. And the just the level of creativity that goes into that, like it's an enormous operation, and it raised like three million Canadian dollars last year. Oh wow! Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, they have like it's just like a, a really powerful example of like community activated fundraising. They have people that like make art and give them to auction off or like to raffle off. Um, they have they are friends with a forge company um, who forge actual like real size video game weapons to auction off so last year they have that. so cool so last year they auctioned off like a life-size replica of the buster sword um from final fantasy 7 they've done the master sword from zelda um they've done the minecraft diamond sword as well um, i really want the master sword now yeah um and it's yeah it's it, it runs all through the night um they have some really unhinged stuff that happens from 12 till 12 a.m till 6 a.m because obviously they're all knackered <laughs> um but yeah that, yeah just like chill lego stuff that they do as well like it's a really it when it comes back around this summer i would highly recommend watching it um because there are so many different avenues that feed into it um they also have someone whose role in the company um is like snack supplier 
or like food like food it's saucer me. and his job is to just get them <laughs> like bring them takeaways all the time and like I love that <laughs> coordinate with uh like donors in the chat to pay for like pizza takeout and stuff for people on stream like it's great um it's a really cool example of a uh, a fundraising activity that's been ongoing now for like 10 years at least if not longer um that has like scaled up from some guys and literally some guys in their basement like that's where it started in 2009 so i think the first one to this like multi-million dollar um fundraising activity that just seems to get bigger and better every year um and like when they're in the final like minute or 10 minutes um they all sang the final countdown on repeat uh, but instead of instead of the final countdown, it was the final bust down, <laughs> and they had like a proper like disco party going with like confetti and it's amazing. Honestly, it's amazing. Oh, that um, actually sounds really really cool. Um, yeah, I it's it's that. great, and it's just like twenty four hours a day of content for like two weeks. So wow, um, yeah, they are. That's amazing. Shout out to Lonely Ready Run. They're absolute legends. <laughs> like, they're so good. We'll link to them in the show notes as well, just because that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just need the link for me. <laughs> that too. That too, yeah. <laughs> um, non-ordinator, that's it. The, the the person who fetches the food is the non-ordinator. That is perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I think I would be a very good non-ordinator. I'd be great at sourcing it. I would be great at distributing it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, this is a very big mood. <laughs> <laughs> Money at the beginning. It into me. Yeah, just distribute. <laughs> <my> <laughs> um, at the beginning of our chat, Moni, you said you had a lot of questions for Jay. Have, I already uh, asked the biggest. Yep. yep. Okay. Just, just checking. No, all good. <laughs> um. Cool. Uh, before I wrap this up, Jay, is there anything else that you want to talk about that we haven't already um touched on? Um. I don't think so. Um, I guess, yeah, for me, like the main shout out here is just like go on Warchild UK's website um, and check out all the work we do um, and just like keep an eye on the stuff that we're doing because there's loads of really exciting things that I want to talk about, but I can't. Um, <laughs> like it's going to be a really great year for us. Um, so, yeah, keep checking back. And yeah, like if you if anything that I've said has resonated with you, like, please reach out. Um, you can reach me uh, at Erin TV on Twitter um, or like go to the Warchild Gaming Twitter um, and reach out. I'm the one who mans that. So either way, <laughs> it's me. Um, and we can have a chat about like how you can get involved, um, the sorts of things that you can do. Um, and also like any ideas that you have as well. Because um, we're, we've, like Warchild has been doing um, work in the, with the video games industry for a long time, but we, we're always looking for new ways to work and new people to do stuff with. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also follow me on Twitch, I guess, and hang out with me. <laughs> um, I'll be streaming Zelda on Friday like every other person on the planet. I was, um, was going to say how, how excited <laughs> you already are about that. Oh, I'm so... It, it, it's taken me... Like, I will say I was at the terminal for the hype train for about six months. I wasn't sure if I was getting on. Um, I've just been patiently waiting. Uh, and then uh, they released the final story trailer a couple of weeks ago and I got on the hype train. <laughs> Where, was it just self-protection? Why have been waiting on that station, or was it was it what was the reason for you to be like? Eh. So, Breath of the Wild is probably my like number three game of all time, um, and I love sense. it so much because it was a complete reset on the idea of an open world game. There had been quite a few games 
over the years that had done the open world thing like it really started with skyrim in the like the 360 generation then we had like the witcher 3 um horizon which came out just zero dawn which came out just before like literally the week before poor horizon um <laughs> and then breath of the wild came out and it was like if you can see it you can get there uh if you mm -hmm. if you, you see a wall you can climb it um this whole world is completely open to you um and you can go where you want at any time and progress in any way you want um and they written to me breath of the wild is still the most successful open world game that's ever been made from the perspective of exploration um and why I was tentative over Tears of the Kingdom um, is, number one, it's the same world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the joy for me in Breath of the Wild was discovering the world um, and climbing to that high place and looking at the landscape and being like, oh, okay, well, it looks really interesting. Uh, I'll go to that. And then finding the interesting thing mm -hmm. and then climbing somewhere high and, and like rinse and repeat. Whereas Tears of the Kingdom, I know they've they've added, they're going to have added an unbelievable amount of content to it. And it's mm -hmm. not going to feel like the same world at all. But my original apprehension was it's the same world, so I'm not going to get that feeling. Yeah, yeah, I, I already, yeah. I, I, I'm going to feel like I'm retracing my steps, which I mm -hmm. guess in a way I am. Um, but hopefully there's a, well, definitely from what I've seen, there's a lot of new things to bring to mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I was just a little bit worried that it didn't look super different to Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. um, and I still have that feeling a little bit. Like yeah. we have the new abilities for traversing the world. Um but I, yeah, it, it doesn't look super, it looks like, I always say that Breath of the Wild feels like a sandbox experiment of what open world games could be. Mm -hmm. um, and then it looks like Tears of the Kingdom takes all of those concepts and makes them really polished and into like a fully fleshed out experience. Because Breath of the Wild is very story-like. Mm -hmm. um, and it looks like Tears of the Kingdom might have more like meat on the bones of the story, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so now that I'm I'm on board with it, I'm still a little bit worried that I'm not going to get that same sense of wonder. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure it's going to be fine. I'm sure Aww. it's going to be fine. I think once you play you you play it, it also makes it changes everything a bit, doesn't it? Like yeah, it's still it like it still brings you right back to how much you actually love Breath of the Wild. So that and then it's like an additional. I don't know, I just think it, it will make a difference once you're in the world again. Yeah, um, and one of my some of my favourite parts of Breath of the Wild were the little references to earlier Zelda games. Because mm -hmm. um, there are there are quite a few of them, and I'm, like, I am a massive Zelda nerd. Like, it's my number one franchise, even though I say it's Bayonetta, really it's Zelda, if I think about <laughs> all the time that I've spent on it. Um, so, like, all of those little, like, finding, like, Outset Island from Wind Waker in Breath of the Wild, and, like, finding a lake that's the lake from Twilight Princess, and the Temple of Time from Ocarina of Time. Um, and then there's my favorite moment in Breath of the Wild is in one of the story cutscenes, the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's a really simple detail, and it's the Master Sword flashes three mm -hmm. times, um, mm -hmm. and Zelda talks to it. Uh, but you don't hear what the Master Sword is saying, but Zelda responds to it. Um, and that little flashing is the companion from Skyward Sword talking to Zelda. Um, and I thought I invented that um, in my head. I thought it was just like, that's just a little thing that I've put together. And I went back recently and rewatched the cutscene. And the sound it makes is the sound that Fi makes when she comes out of the Master Sword to talk to Link in Skyward Sword. Ah. So it's fully intentional. Um, and I really hope we get more moments like that in Tears of the Kingdom. Not necessarily like, here's that character in the flesh, but like just little nods to the, the history of the franchise. 
Um, I just so find these things so fascinating because people were sitting there and were actively thinking about how they could do shit like that, right? So it's mm. just, it's just, it just always blows my mind, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, also, I'm way too oblivious to ever notice any of them. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so um, cheesy wants to know what your first and second favorite game is now. Number one is Bayonetta three. Um, absolutely adore that game. It's not flawless, but um, in terms of games that I enjoyed from start to finish, unbroken, it's Bayonetta three. Um, and then number two is Persona five. Um, it's a unbelievably lengthy game it took like 120 hours for me to beat it um wow. but it's it's got an amazing cast of characters it's got an incredible story um and the persona franchise is just really unique in how it does its gameplay because it's kind of a graphic novel and kind of a dungeon crawler um mm -hmm. and like the relationships that you build in the um in the graphic novel sections influence what you can do in the the dungeon segments so interesting um it's yeah honestly if you've got 120 hours today to video games, <laughs> definitely definitely one i would say go to cool amazing um does anybody else in chat have any questions for jay because i'm 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 dropping one one more um <laughs> in the meantime so if you have them drop them in here because i'm asking um who has been your favorite content creators to work with so far and why is it us <laughs> <laughs> obviously you are up there Hundred percent, number one. I'm sorry, everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, naturally. Um, it was. Uh, I also. I just love working with Hannah. Like Hannah mm -hmm. Rutherford, Lamadia. She's an absolute pro. You guys run the Christmas quiz with her as well. Like yeah. she's just. Um, she's so unbelievably giving as a person. Um, like on top of the work she's done for Warchild, she's done so much good just over the years for the industry. Um, and I learned something from her every day. Like she's mm. incredible. So. Um, obviously joint with you guys, obviously. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's the answer we were looking for. <laughs> no, that that's awesome. Um, no, that's absolutely fantastic. I'm really excited that we had this, the opportunity to have this conversation to learn more about you and maybe even more importantly to learn, about, learn more about War Child and how to get involved um, with War Child. Um, so you've already given us a little, little, uh, insight into where to get to know you um we're going to put all that into the show notes links to all of jay's um places to find online links to war child and um links to loading ready run as well just because that's really cool um mm -hmm. and like maybe they can inspire all of our charity streams um so yeah no questions have come through chat so i think i think that's that's going to be us unless yeah. anybody have any closing remarks <laughs> Uh, just for me, thank you so much for having me um, to give me the opportunity to chat about War Child and about Twitch. Um, it's been really fun. Um, and yeah, it's been too long. I, it's, it's been three years we've known each other and you haven't invited on me. So uh, about time. <laughs> <laughs> we have collaborated a it few is, times in it the is, past. It is about time that you invite me, a, a, a cis presenting like mask guy, <laughs> onto your, your feminism centered podcast. <laughs> I can totally come haunt you at TwitchCon for this. Uh, that's fine. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. And I'll be at TwitchCon uh, representing War Child. That's the last thing I'll say. Uh, oh, nice. Warchild. Do you have a booth? Um, no. Um, okay. I'm just going to be uh, feet on the ground. Um, but yes. yeah, come say hello to me. Um, and I shall to me. do that. I, will, I shall. You, uh, yeah, you shall. Um, and I'll definitely be able to talk about the things that are exciting at Twitch when I'm at TwitchCon. <laughs> oh, yeah. That are coming up. So. Love Can't that. wait to yeah. hear about them. Yeah. 
Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time and spending it with us and everybody in chat. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Bye, chat. <laughs> and we will see you again next week on Geek Herring with another amazing episode uh, where we have another guest, but it's not an interview. It is a deep dive into ethical porn and sex work. So very excited. Um, I, I, you can probably guess who our guest is, but if you can't guess, <laughs> it'll be a surprise for next week. <laughs> cool. Um, so thank you very much. And we will uh, yeah, see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Herring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Herring and over on geekherring.com. 